Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Brett. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? Wow. Wonderful. That's pretty good. I'm wonderful. How are you today? Uh, I can't beat wonderful. Yeah, you, so, oh, you can't beat wonderful. No, I it's don't not really a competition. There's enough space here for Is everyone. There? There's definitely enough space right. for you. That's uh, for sure. I'm, I'm fine. All right. Well, welcome to wonderful. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. So today we have a special guest with us. Uh, his name is Ron Myers. Wow. Who is with us remote today from a distant land? So Ron is chief operating officer and founder of Fortune 360 Group with 25 plus years of experience in the financial services industry. Ron has dedicated his career to serving the financial and tax planning needs of executives, families, and business owners. From offering comprehensive financial planning strategies that consider tax implications to assisting with estate planning and business consulting, his extensive background allows him to serve clients with a wide array of needs. Within the last year, Ron merged his firm with Assured Partners and with an eventual exit on the horizon. We're going to talk about that. Ron first began his career in accounting, working with a big six accounting firm. He quickly expanded his knowledge and focus to include financial planning. After several years in the business, he founded his own financial services firm, Myers Financial Services, Inc., which focused on offering financial planning and investment services to executives and retirees. His firm later merged with Associated Group and subsequently Fortune 360 Group, where he strives to serve a wide array of client needs while taking advantage of the latest trends in technology. Ron is a graduate of the highly regarded University of Florida Fisher School highly of Accounting. Highly regarded. Highly regarded. I'm also a graduate of the Fisher School of Accounting. Which wasn't so highly regarded wasn't, at the yeah, time. Exactly. Right? exactly. Good point. Where he studied in the specialized 3-2 program. He simultaneously earned both his Bachelor's of Accounting and his Master's of Taxation, graduating with honors. He's also a certified public accountant, personal financial specialist, certified financial planner, professional, and a realtor. Ron has served on the board of directors of Special Compass, a charitable foundation that promotes inclusion of persons with physical disabilities by providing assistance to them in recreation and sports activities. He has served as an executive board member of the Financial Planning Association of Greater Fort Lauderdale and as an ambassador for the Pantry of Broward. Ron is a proud supporter of many local and national charities. Ron has presented at numerous events, conferences, and seminars, has spoken on numerous industry panels, and served as an instructor for, for financial education courses. He's regularly been quoted in both the local and national news, including Wall Street Journal, Kiplinger, South Florida, Sun Sentinel, as well as many more. He's a devoted family man. He spends much of his time with his wife, Abby, and their three children. He's coached soccer, football, and basketball in the local Optimist League. He enjoys running, CrossFit, all kinds of things. Wow. Welcome, Ron. Wow. Nice I'm to be here. here. Pleasure. I mean, entrepreneur, successful. Handsome. Handsome. Right. Wears many hats professionally and is an all-around just a good guy. Yeah, and he he kind of looked surprised as you were reading some of those things. I know. He was like, oh, that's <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> He's got to thank his marketing department. It's called hyperbole, maybe a little augmentation. But no. Welcome, Ron. We're, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you for being on the pod. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. And I mean it. So tell us, uh, there was a lot in there, right? So you're, the way I know you primarily is a certified financial planner, but that doesn't really tell the story. So tell us a little bit about sort of 
what you do generally for your clients? Sure. So we do a lot. And from day to day, one of the nice things about my business is I never know what I'm going to walk into when I I come into the office physically or remotely. I address the needs of business owners regularly, anything with a dollar sign in front of it, executives, retirees, and it's such a wide range of items. The focus is generally on, while what we address might be extremely short-term and immediate, the focus is always on long-term, the end game, where are we headed? We're headed to retirement. We're headed to a business exit. We're headed to put ourselves in a position where we can be comfortable after our working years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's really, you're in the business of planning, right? And it's mostly financial, but that aspect permeates really everything, right? Yeah. And, and with that said, I think if you ask most of the people in my life, friends and family, what I do, the first thing that's going to come out of their mouth is stocks, stock market. And in fact, I had a conversation with my brother in the last 24 hours on that topic. And, and I said, but I do so much more than that. It's, it's, it's such a small piece of the puzzle. It's just that it's rather immediate for people. Yeah, we do, we do a lot of long-term cash flow planning, asset planning and positioning. So again, trying to get people to the place that they need to be when they're no longer working, whether they own the business, whether they're an executive, whether they're a regular old employee, if you will. Everybody needs, whether they have a, a natural plan or an informal plan that they're unaware of, Everyone needs a, a plan, a strategy for being able to live comfortably. So, so how does, uh, I mean, you obviously being an entrepreneur yourself, right? You, I mean, like us, I mean, we started a business, but we also are the business professional services, right? So how does running your own business or how has running your own business and understanding sort of your goals with your business informed you and sort of guided you with respect to your clients? That's a great question and a great perspective. So the fact that I am a business owner, I think it's safe to say has helped me address many, many topics. You know, I, I deal with the same types of administrative functions, human resources functions, payables and receivables, and everything that a business owner has to, has to face. And at the same time, I'm spending my day planning with people, trying to get to work in and through and around uh, those items. So I'm able to provide that hands-on experience. I, like you said, I'm, I'm a CPA, so I've got that accounting and tax background, and I can often provide some, some insight into that more immediate question. But then I might set aside my CPA hat and put on my CFP, my financial planning hat, and I try to translate what is happening now into, again, the end game. Get past the, the more nuanced, immediate issues and, and stay focused on long-term. If I'm addressing the needs specifically in a 401k, you, know, you can say I'm trying to maximize my contributions in, into my 401k, but it's more than that. It's, it's about allocating. And again, a topic that most 401k participants are aware of clearly is allocating stocks, bonds, other investments, and 
at a given age, if you're younger, you're probably going to have more equities, more risk on. When you get closer to retirement, you're naturally going to move towards something more uh, risk off and reliable, except for last year when bonds were down double digits, but we can talk about that time permitting. Right, right. Talk about the crazy economy. I would imagine that there are folks out there, and I'm sure you encounter this, that think, well, I'm young, I'm just starting out, so I, I don't need to go to a financial planner. And you know, my view is, you know, you set up the buckets and you can and fill it as you go. But it's nice to have that plan even even early, no? I would agree that having a plan in place early on and setting that strategy and sticking with it, it's incredibly healthy and helpful. I do think that for a lot of younger folks, people that are newer in their careers, there is something to be said for just putting away as much as you can and from an investment perspective. But, you know, naturally there are a whole host of other things to consider. If you, if you own a home, if you're married, if you have children, you probably want life insurance. At some point, you probably want to have long-term care insurance. And then in between, most people are woefully underinsured for disability insurance. Mm. So, you know, there are insurance considerations. As you amass wealth, there are estate planning, whether it's estate tax or not. And most people aren't going to be subject to estate tax, but Everybody needs a plan in place for their eventual demise. We all pass, right? Uh, hopefully not for a very long time, but it happens. Yeah. Um, having a plan in place early is wonderful. I prefer it, but there is something to be said for, especially for younger workers, of just getting on a glide path in those earlier years. Yeah, living, living your life. You got to live. I, mean, I would think that most... Young people are out of college. A lot of them have debt. They got to make ends meet before they start planning. But what's the, what's the earliest you've developed a plan with a, a young person? I have people in their late 20s nice. that come to me for planning. Now, those tend to be people who have had some early success financially. Right. They have those complexities, those, those complications, good problems, but problems nonetheless. So no debt. And I have quite a few clients in their early 30s. I would say most people come to me late 40s, early 50s at the earliest. To start planning for their future. Right, right. Yes. The earlier you start, the easier it is, right, in theory. No doubt. There's usually a trigger for somebody to, to come to me. A friend passed, somebody had a disability, they came into money. Sometimes they're retiring. <laughs> They've never had a financial planner in their life. That's actually a relatively common thing for me. But there's just about always some type of trigger that caused them to reach out to a friend and find a financial advisor. Some life change. Yeah. Life events. No Got doubt. It. Yeah. Even, even having children obviously changes that too and start planning, getting married, whatever it is. We can, you know, talk about in the context of that, like if people are planning as you've just done sort of, you know, for the future in terms of an exit, how did you and your partner get to that point? You know, how how did you know it was the right time? And then, you know, as far as you're willing to go in terms of thought process as going through that, and then, you know, how you, you know, sort of generally structured your, you know, your exit, eventual exit. 
That's a three-hour yeah. question, Ron. So I hope you're paying attention. Compound objection. That, that, is, that is a great question. Do we have an hour? <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I only ask great <laughs> questions, just so you know. Yeah. Tough question. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. I see that. As our listeners. So embedded in your question was, how did I know it was the right time? I didn't. I'll translate this. I'll also include all these conversations I have on often a daily basis with business owners. Do you have a plan? Is your plan in place? Uh, how are you going to execute it? So in my case, I, I looked and putting on my financial planner hat, I said, interest rates are incredibly low. Money's cheap. And naturally there are going to be, this is you know, last year, not this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and multiples were, were at a high. So you, know, you, you, you have an opportunity to seek out someone who has inexpensive money hands and they're in a position where they can potentially offer you more. And, and so I was fixated on, on the fact that rates were low and it wasn't going to, to, to last forever. And to be clear, and I think you just mentioned it, I didn't exit. I found, we found an opportunity to become part of something bigger, help secure long-term safety, if you will, for our employees, more a lot more opportunity for them, insulate and protect clients by offering more advisory, more advice, more, more people, a larger scope of what we do and the longevity of the relationship because having a larger group. In my case, uh, what was also very appealing, I, I was spending an inordinate amount of time on administrative receivables, payables, HR, and on and on. The compliance function in my business as an advisor, I was the chief compliance officer. I think I was spending 35, 40% of my time on administrative. It just got to a point, it was just untenable. And so uh, I freed myself of most of that. Uh, And at the same time, I can spend more time with my clients. I have an equity interest in, in this business. And I have a significant incentive to grow with the business long term. And at the same time, to your point, I have I have a plan for the future. I know if someday I want to do something else, I want to retire, I have that path in place. And, and so that's that's something I spend a lot of time with clients on business owners in particular. Yeah. And to be clear, what we're talking about here is you were the founder or one of the founders of Fortune 360 Group and you merged, when was it? Last year? Yeah, it was last, last, September 1st of last year was the effective date. Right. right. So in September, you merged with Assured Partners. Can you give us a sense of the scale of the two entities? Like yeah. Assured? yeah, absolutely. So, so we were about 10 people and Assured Partners is almost 10,000 people. Yeah. Okay. So, they're a little bigger. So you guys, <laughs> partners is, right. so really you acquired them. Exactly. Let's be clear. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Know your place. Assured Partners is the fifth largest property and casualty firm in the entire country. They are the 11th, as of now, I believe they're the 11th largest insurance agency in the country. And they are still relatively new to the registered investment advisory business, which is my focus. And I'm, I'm proud of what we created. We did a lot of really unique and custom things from database and 
paperless processes that were not paperless and that are not paperless for so many others. And, you know, we really, we really did a lot there. We customized our database. We used Salesforce and we, we customized, we spent tremendous amount of time and, and dollars building it out. And that's something that we were able to, uh, to hand off. That was really nice. Yeah. It's, this firm has acquired over 400 companies in 11 years. They've been busy. Wow. Well, that's a and, and so I saw that and I said, okay, this, they, are, they are focused on, in addition to continuing to grow property casualty and employee benefits, and retirement plan businesses, they are keenly focused. We now are keenly focused on growing the registered investment advisory business, including naturally through acquisition. So if anyone's listening in and they're an advisor looking for a wonderful place to be, (laughs) give me a call. And if anyone's a business owner who either wants to plan or is planning an exit or maybe more importantly, hasn't planned an exit or doesn't have a plan for an exit at some point, they really need to call you, right? Yes. And by the way, thank you for reorienting. Another point I left out before, I try to explain to people that planning for the business owner and the exit ideally starts at least at least 10 years before your exit. Shit, 10 years. That sounds, that sounds... Uh-oh. <laughs> and, about nine years too late. Damn. At least five years. Yeah. Be, Wait, what because was, what was you the, don't just wake sorry. up one day and say, I'm out. <laughs> right? right? Right. There are so many layers. Again, I, I, I've always focus on employees and clients. Keep your employees happy, very happy. They'll keep your clients happy, keep your clients happy, and we're all happy. So that's always been my priorities. I know the two of you feel the same. I've known you long enough and have seen what you do. You have to have happy employees and you have to have happy clients that, are, that appreciate you. So if you're going to protect them and help to ensure their future and their future path and as many paths as they might need, right? Sometimes employees don't know what they want to do five or 10 years from now. Better to figure out that, that path earlier rather than later. And then of course, on, on the financial side, you don't just wake up one day and sell your business and leave. Some people do. It, you know, it depends. If you're selling widgets, maybe you can pull that off. But if you're in a services business, like the two of you, <laughs> you know, it's not just about your, your relation. Well, it, it's so much about your relationships. It's so much about the connections that you, that you build, that, that there's so much value, not just in your knowledge, but in those relationships. And so those take time to transition, right? You don't, you don't just transition that overnight. And it, you know, naturally, when, when, when you sell a business, most acquirers want to keep you on. And depending on the business you're in, maybe it's a year. Maybe it's three or four or five years to ensure a smooth transition. From a compensation perspective, you're not going to get paid upfront 100%. That would be foolish on the part of the acquirer. And it might not be wise on your part by creating an incentive on the back end, meaning at some point in the future, whether it's one year, two years, three years, or a combination thereof, as the acquirer, the person buying the business, you want to leave a certain amount of value on the back end, you want to be able to pay someone later to ensure a smooth transition of as much of the value as you can. And then you want to incentivize that person 
right? You, you want the acquirer wants to incentivize the seller to continue to work, to grow the business and add value. This is a larger conversation with a lot of different threads. No, I mean, but it's so important. There's like you said, there's so many threads to it. I would imagine there's for a lot of owners, you know, it's difficult, you know, the letting go piece is difficult. And so staying on is not, you know, so much of a struggle. I think, as you said, in the service business, almost always the owner stays on in some capacity for some period of time. Some of that is assurance that employees are taken care of, transition, et cetera, that the interests are aligned. But I imagine that a lot of a lot of owners have a hard time, one, letting go, and on the flip side, transitioning from being the owner boss to, you know, becoming an employee. Is that something that you uh, guide them on as well? Without a doubt. Yeah, this is, again, this this is a deep conversation. This is not a single this, conversation or, or two this with is a my deep, clients, right? This is a deep podcast, man. This is part yeah. one. <laughs> part one. This might be part one, exactly. Of the discussion with yeah. Ron Myers. Yeah. yeah. It's not only commonplace, I would say it's the norm for these conversations. First of all, it's not uncommon for me to bring up the topic with my client or friend or both, but it's also commonplace and perhaps the norm for these conversations to occur over a bunch of years. It's just conceptualizing what that future exit might look like. And there are some people that say, I'm not going to get the value out of this business that is needed in order for me to sell, I'm just going to run it into the ground or or I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to go as long as I can and shut it down. Right. For a lot of people, it's the salary, it's the insurance, it's their social life. Their friends are in the office that pay, you know, their, maybe their car runs through the business, whatever it is, their lives are so intertwined with their business that the idea of separation is, you know, daunting. So there's the identity issue, which is what you're talking about, right? You are your business. Yeah. When you walk into a room, you walk into a room of people and you introduce yourself, you're in a networking session. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things that I do, and I suspect one of the first things that both of you do is you introduce yourself. Maybe you mention your, your family, but within, you know, five, 10 seconds, you're talking about what you do for a living, Right. My approach is I get up on a chair and I yell at the top of my lungs, you're all prisoners. And that actually <laughs> works. But <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's especially for people who, entrepreneurs who started, who found, who are founders. They founded the business. The b- business becomes almost, you know, their family or like you said, their identity. And the idea of separating that identity from themselves is, is uh, intimidating. Yes. And, and don't forget, a bunch of these are multi-generational. Somebody inherited the business from mom or, or dad, or maybe it's, multi, maybe it's several generations. And there's also this sense of need to preserve the business and the family. Legacy. And yeah, absolutely. Legacy. Yeah. I've got three children, as you mentioned. None of them want to be in this business. They just don't have an interest. They're wonderful. They're smart. They're going to do great things. But none of them are going to be a financial advisor, as far as I can tell, unless something really strange happens at this point. And 
that might be the case for so many others. Again, you might have gone three generations in a business, but the next generation doesn't want to do it. The question is, are you going to sell? Are you going to close it down? Are you going to transition it to your employees, which could be a sale as well? And on and on. Yeah, and there may be some some clients who just can't sort of have that vision of you know what's next, and so they say, "Well, I'm just going to kind of stay where I am, you know, and just kind of let it play out." They don't want to necessarily retire; they don't want to stop working, but you know, maybe they could. They just can't see themselves doing something else, and maybe there is a conversation that starts at some point, like, "No, there, you know, there may be something that you could do, and or or at least you would have the." option if you plan accordingly right. you know you may have the option to do something else absolutely yeah. yeah i guess it's the question of uh and you mentioned this before is why do you work you know what, mm-hmm. are, you, what are you working for ultimately what's the what's the end objective well ron said he has three kids there you go. That's why, that's why you work. That one's easy, right? As uh, awesome. when you're looking at three, three, three men with three kids each, so uh, we all yeah. we all know that feeling, right? My purpose for working, my purpose for growing value in a business, is really singular. It's so I can get to a place where I can spend as much time with my my wife, my children, and my friends as I can. That's my purpose. I try to stay mindful of it. it it'll it'll help to ground you for many people to understand. I think a lot of people get lost in, in, in what they do. You know, we're all busy. I, I'm fortunate. I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do for a living. I'm very fortunate, but I still don't want to get lost. And I, I, I don't want it to define me. It defined me for so many years. And it's one thing to be proud of and enjoy what you do, but my work is not who I am. I had that epiphany. I'm sure I stole that from someone. I'm sure I heard, I'm sure someone talked some sense to me either on a stage or otherwise. Right. It's the old saying is, right, it's not who I am, it's what I do. Right. When you're a younger uh, executive or business owner, at least in my experience for myself, and I think for, if I start thinking about my clients, probably the same, I didn't think like that. I was just, I was just in the rat race. Sure. Wake up, work, come home, right? Et do you remember a certain like? Was there an epiphany? Was there some life event for you that that made you come to that realization? There is certainly a life event that helped push it forward, which you know, I don't mind talking about. You know, last year one of my children um, was diagnosed with and beat cancer. Oh, geez, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was uh, happy that 2022 was pretty crappy. <laughs> Although I did, I did merge my practice, and that was a wonderful, that was a wonderful thing. But overall, it was a really rough year for us. Never mind the fact that we were finishing up. Uh, well, were we finishing up? I hope we were finishing up our our three years of of, of COVID and <laughs> and the significant impact in all of our lives. But yeah, that was uh, that certainly. Helped to reorient me even more so than I already was. Wow. Well, that'll do it. I mean, you know, and, and yeah. kudos to you for, you know, recognizing that and, and obviously having already planned and having a plan in place that you were able to, to execute on that. And you have your yeah. why. You have your purpose, right? Your why. I do. I do. And by the way, I'm, I'm proud to say that, that the, my daughter, who 
went through all that last year is in graduate school at NYU. Oh, that's and awesome. loving every minute of New York City. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. And con- you know, congratulations to you and the family for, you know, beating cancer. Yeah, you hate cancer. You. Yeah. Wow. That's so, awesome. but thankfully, I mean, that's a good example of you had done some planning, at least some planning. So in that unanticipated emergency arose, I presume you were able to do what you needed to do to focus your energies in that direction. I use the word fortunate in, in, in this paragraph that includes cancer. Yeah, I'm very thankful that I was already focused on this bigger picture and I had started in all sincerity, you know, let's say three, four, five years earlier, having all these walking through all the steps, let's say, and trying to identify this longer term plan. And yeah, it, it, it paid dividends. It really did. It, it, I was in a position where I could spend time on what I needed to spend time on. My wife and I were, were with my daughter for every single chemo. I, I didn't miss one. I might've been working sometimes sitting there on my laptop, but but you know, we we were you were there. we were able to to do that and and give her all the attention and time that we needed. You know, she's a young adult; uh, she she didn't necessarily need that, but it was it, it was important to her and important to us to be together. So yeah, just just to to wrap it up. Yes, I I, I agree. I my keeping focused on that bigger picture paid some dividends when it needed to. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Amazing that you guys certainly were be able to be there to help her through that. And I'm sure uh, that that is also what helped her get through it. Yeah. yeah. And, and thankfully you had done some planning to get to that point. And if you're a listener out there and you haven't done any of that planning, call Ron or your own, your own planner, if you have one and start planning now before something like that, hopefully it never comes up, but emergencies happen, unexpected events happen all the time. So they happen. Yep. We had the life events, folks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, thanks, Ron. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. If you and thanks for sharing that, I appreciate uh, you sharing that personal personal story. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share it, and leave us a review. Subscribing to the show and leaving reviews will help others find the show, and they'll help us grow and produce better content for you. And. Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you, Brett Amron. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Nelson. Ron, thank you. Thank you, Nelson. For more information on this show and other resources, visit fastamron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at fastamron.com.